Corin, record has been hit. We are All now right. recording another episode of this program. We're coming up to the end of our 12th year, Doce Años. And uh, I think you reminded me of that the other day because I was trying to figure out the, what, what number of years it is. But we're actually going to embark on, uh, <laughs> <gonna> embark <laughs> on uh, our 13th year since we began this little project in July of 2011. Mm-hmm. When's the birthday? Well, it's got a couple of dates. Really, the, the first full show, I think, was somewhere on or near the 17th of October. We did a test show, the famous one where I said the C word. He's never let me forget that. Yeah, that was ridiculous. All right, those, here we those, go. That was, the one. that was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it was. Well, it was. You, you know, because you you surprised me, and sometimes I surprise you in uh, to the <laughs> negative. It's just you know, it was like, oh, we're doing a podcast now. We can say all these kinds okay. of bad words. Oh, I can't wait. Who's going to be the first one to say the c word? Oh, it was me. Do we have to relive it? Can we just pass it by now? We, you know, every year we have to relive that episode. And uh, and I'll tell you, that's a huge turnoff for me when I hear uh, podcasts. Listen, we throw the odd one. I would like normal conversations, but some podcasts where every other word is the F word. It's like, okay. But that There's word, that, the There's funny thing, the interesting, funny, interesting, funny, curious, interesting, funny, has a uh, funny, funny, interesting, interesting, funny. <laughs> that word has come up on the show organically several times in the last 12 plus years. Yeah, but it's like, you know, as my grandfather said, he used to say, there's nothing funnier than a well-placed fart. Well, the C word well-placed is fine. It can be compelling and um, shocking. Yes, yes, I know. Did you, uh, you know what I'm saying? I was trying to make a point about the social commentary. Um, can we, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> when, was it, when was the first, when was the, did you guys ever fart on the show? Like, oh, I'm, Abe, can't stop farting. No, but like a sound. Like, did you actually do the fart oh, sound? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was okay. tape of me. There was tape of me. I think Jason captured it one day and we would play Me as well. Absolutely. But, you but, too? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, my point, so now that you've acknowledged that it was a terrible day, dark day, when I said it, back to Dan's question about the birthday. It, it was, I mean, I'm going to have to check because there's an article here on the, on the wall. We, we were in the Saturday Star that, year, that weekend, and so we did a show on the Friday. Boone will know this. Toronto Michael know. We did a show on the Friday where I said that word. Everyone was shocked. And then we actually launched the show officially on the Monday after this huge article ran in the Star and gave us a bit of a boost, and it was pretty cool. And uh, we've been doing it. In those days, we did it five days a week. I don't go through the whole schedule again, but we, for a long time, Fred and I did a five-day-a-week show, which we didn't know. I have a question for you, Fred. Yes. We didn't Fire know away. at the time. Pardon me? Fire away. <laughs> okay, thanks. Speak freely. Permission to speak freely. Firing line. Because we were so new and, and the whole industry was new, like 12 years ago in podcast terms, I always joke, that's like Marconi styles. Like nobody knew it. In fact, our first podcast was at Dan's house. I believe it was December 2005. 
Maybe 2006. Something like that. The gift of Christmas or something. But we had done like half a dozen of them in various places, Pride FM, a bunch of different locations, Dan's place. We were just doing these little shows together, which became later known as podcasts. So here's my question to you. Because we didn't know any better, you and I did shows five days a week. If we had known what the industry was going to become, which is mostly people like Marin and Rogan and, and uh, whatever, Smartless, they do them once a week. Would we have done that, you think? That's a tough question. Well, I asked the tough questions. No, only because the reason we did five days a week is we wanted to discipline ourselves out of the gate. You know what I mean? So it's sort of two different... You know, we thought if we're going to do this, we got to take it seriously. If we're going to take it seriously, that means we have to discipline ourselves to do it. Because even back then, the few that were around were willy-nilly, right? And we didn't want that. Plus, let's be honest, in the early days of this, we thought maybe um, by releasing a podcast, somebody might rehire us for the radio, which ultimately happened on a lesser scale than I think we anticipated. Uh, so that's a tough question, Howard. Like, I I don't think so. And I'm not sure we would have been able to generate revenue off one a week. Well, not in those days, you know? for sure. Yeah, yeah. And we just didn't so. know any better. and Because it took years. I mean, one of the, the model that, I don't know, I didn't want to get into a big discussion of the early days. But the model that we were trying to base ourselves on was a guy out of Chicago. And he was doing the show multiple times a week. A guy named Steve Dahl. And but, see, he was subscription, and I think that's why he did it. Because he, like, what he wanted to do was sort of replicate his morning show, and to get subscriptions, that that wouldn't be one a week. No, so but he he, did, he didn't yeah. go. He didn't. He wasn't subscription when we met him. When you you flew. Oh yes, he was. He, yes, was. he was when you went to Chicago. He was a subscription. Anyway, yes. I, I think if we had started the podcast, say five years later mm-hmm. than we did, by that time. We're talking five or six, seven years ago. Dan, by that time, programs were being put out as podcasts once a week. Right. And, and maybe we would have thought, and, and who knows, we're, you know, maybe eventually we'll start shaving off episodes like we have. By the time we're in our mid-70s, there will only be one a week because the rest of the time we'll be going to, you know, doctor's, <laughs> appointment, doctor, doctor's appointments and, you know, having people bathe us. And be in a rejuvenation tank. <laughs> the rest of the time, we'll just be floating in stasis. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Steve Dahl, because I remember, because at the time, you know, just getting people, people would get frustrated, even back in 2011. How do I get this thing? You know, right. it wasn't easy to listen to a podcast. You know, I mean... A lot of people didn't even have accessibility to them, you know, on their phones. It wasn't until the apps started coming out where you could, you know, the aggregate apps where you could access it easy. Because um, that's, that's what blew me away about when I went to Chicago to meet with his producer. The fact that, number one, it was a podcast. Number two, at that time, it was subscription. And it was obviously successful. I don't know where it's at today. But he's the guy, too. I went in a bar, and I said, hey, do you want a beer? And he says, ah, I'm not a beer drinker. And I said, what would you have? And he said, scotch. And we, while we sat there, he had two scotch, and I got the bill, and they were 48 bucks each U.S. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> remember that. I'm, trying, remember that. I'm trying to recall 
Yeah. Because we were, what happened, we had made contact with this very famous Chicago disc jockey who was there at the loop for forever in Chicago. He famously, in yeah. the late 70s, burned a bunch of disco records, you know, got a lot of publicity. Mm-hmm. Why did you go to Chicago? And why didn't both of us go? What was going on at the time? Um, I had always wanted to go to Chicago just to hang out. Oh, you took Doll. You went for like a trip. Doll and I went just for three or four days and um, had read about this guy or I had read about this guy. And I thought, oh, maybe I should engage with this guy while I'm there. Sit down with him and, uh, you know, pick his brain a bit about uh, this podcast thing, which I did. He was a nice guy. Big uh, Chicago Blackhawk. Did, did you get to meet Steve Dahl or just his producer? No, no, no just his producer in a bar. All right. And, uh, yeah, I often thought, you know, when he goes into a bar and orders scotch, does he order $48 scotch? Probably not. Wow. What he did that day. But, you know, for 100 U.S., I got enough information. It was great. So, anyway, uh, I don't know how this started now. A couple minutes ago, I don't what got me on this. Oh, that we're coming up to our, what will begin our 13th year of doing this still uh supported by some great sponsors we're gonna have a great chat today with one of them a lot of interest uh because of this contest about how to Mm -hmm. you can get we're gonna give away a chance to rent an electric vehicle for the weekend and and i think this was the sort of the tipping point in in terms of interest we've been talking about these for a while but now we're gonna give people an opportunity to actually roll around in one and it really has upped the interest in it. There's lots of stuff in the news, of course, daily. Uh, Dan Duran's news will be part of this program. And, of course, this is Email Thursday, which uh, apparently in the spring we were doing it on Fridays, but the, I don't know. It's not going to happen. So there's lots on the show. And Toronto Mike will uh, check in. He's got some more uh, stuff he wants to run by us. And yes, he's uncovered some more Rumble and Fred... Uh history okay and i have an announcement i'll be making uh howard glassman history one week from today um in a performance um mode what do you mean that's for this for for the show i'm gonna make this announcement when right now no when the show starts Oh, okay. (laughs) This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and Lisa's dining room table with a recent coffee stain. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who, with all the flooding, earthquakes, volcanoes, wars, and fires, feel there might be something to the apocalypse. But then again, as long as you can get bacon and dry rub wings at buffets, it'll be just fine. It's Humble and Fred. I mean, um, why is there a coffee stain on Lisa's coffee table, Dan? Where did that come from? I kind of, you know... I shook my coffee cup in a little bit, fellow. She's laughing right now. She's yes, she is. Right well, here. Well, well, I don't get it. Could you just wipe it off, or did it leave a ring? No, it's a. Uh, there's a tablecloth. There's a tablecloth. Oh, oh, you just stained the tablecloth. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's okay. That can be fixed. Yes. Is there is there a list on um, 
the fridge like every time you destroy something in our house right? <laughs> we should, I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's lengthy we should ask Lisa Lisa you should get Lisa on the show and say Lisa since Dan's been living at your place how many things has he knocked over stained burned singed ripped apart I keep it on balance by fixing stuff well that's so, it that, we, there's well there's two lists things Dan's broke things Dan's done fixed yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure that's a, I'm sure that's a fair balance because if there's little things that annoy Dan, he's mm. right, he's all over it. That's for sure. I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about my visit to your home yesterday. Oh, by the way, yeah, I know we were just back to podcasting very quickly. Think about this: when we started. Because I, I remember now, you were talking about how difficult, and we've told stories about literally walking up to people, uh, yes. or people meeting us, and then they'd ask us what we're doing, and we would say, "Let me see your phone." And at the time, and this is what I don't remember in this story. At the time, this is before uh, Spotify, Tuned In, Stitcher, all mm-hmm. these platforms. What were we releasing the podcast on? App? Was it Apple? See, on I don't our website on our, our website. website. Yes. So wait a second. On our you, website, and you could you could you could get you could call up your our website on your phone and then click play. That was it. Yes. Wow. And then it, not for long. And then there was something I forget how we first accessed it. But I remember having these fantasies back in 2011 and 12. You know, because of the whole thing was will will podcasts ever be available in cars? And. Um, I mean, here we are in 2012, you have a new car with Apple Play, Google Play, all these things. Not only can you get, you know, your car is wired to your LTE network or your 5G network, but some cars you can sit there and say, play Humble and Fred, and our icon comes right up on the screen. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's just so easily accessible now. It wasn't just your fantasy. I remember saying this on several occasions that there was, and I had read this somewhere, I was just repeating it, about the idea that... And this was 2011 chats, the, mm-hmm. the day that you could do what you just described, the day that you could stream any Internet product over your over in your car would be the end of radio. Mm-hmm. That and because on and, and, and in a lot of ways, I know radio argues this is not true. And then, you know, listen, there are things radio still can do. But in well, there are, I guess, you know, oh, no, 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 no. I know. But that argument just kills me because for everybody that's in their car listening to a podcast, which is hundreds of thousands, if not millions now, every moment they're doing that, they're not listening to the radio. So how has it not been affected? Exactly. Uh, I rest my case. Uh, well, there's no case to be rested. No, but the case that Howard made is that there's still a place for there's radio somewhere. Apocalypse times. No, exactly. And and yeah. and we were talking to Lori Love about that yesterday. There are times when you know you can't go to a podcast on nine eleven. You know you can't go to a podcast. Absolutely, there's a hurricane in the eastern Canadas. What I was saying though is it's it's because of. You know, I remember in 2011, none of what you described existed. You know, I, I go in my car now and I got CNN and I've got Spotify and I've got all of that just on my phone streaming through that car. You know, that was a fantasy of ours. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we thought, hey, if we could hang on long enough to have that become a reality, then it would, we wouldn't need a radio station. And here we are not needing right. a radio station. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, and as far as radio's place, of course, there'll always be a place for radio. Like uh, network over-the-air TV, it's going to be live events. That's going to be their place. And, you know, they're grappling and and wrestling with that because live costs money. So they're Mm -hmm. sort of getting backed into a corner where our, you know, our purpose will be live, but to provide live takes money. It's, It's tough. Anyway, I wanted to just tell you yesterday, I'm not sure if this is the song... Dan, I, have you met uh, Fred's son's dog yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's a great dog. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yesterday, I, I actually made a trip to Fred's place, mainly to meet the Dougie. I don't know why I'm playing Candy Girl. I was trying to play Do the Dougie. Anyway, uh, I can't find it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I've been around a lot of French Bulldogs. Uh, Charlie's work partner, James, has had one for a long time. I was telling you guys when I went to visit them in Brooklyn, every other person I saw had one. But this is the right. first. I've never seen one like this. Just the way he's built and his his coloring and just his personality. What a dog, man. I was like, uh, I'm in love with the guy right away. Oh, so are we. It's like, uh, it's hard to believe how much. You can fall in love with a little turd running around the house. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, I just, I constantly just pick him up and, like, kiss, you know, his jowls and his cheeks. And, yes. And he's just so intuitive, oh. and he's just so tuned into what you're doing all the time. As I've, I've said many times, I'll say it again. Say it it's again. like having another person in the room. It is. It's weird. Well, I was there for maybe not more than a half an hour, and the entire time he never left my feet mm-hmm. and and making he was chewing on a bone and making this noise. <laughs> and it reminded me so much of Stan as a puppy because you know that's they're very similar faces these uh, French bulldogs and a Boston terrier. But man, he's a sweet boy. Yeah, he sure is. And I'll tell you, you know, Delise is a dog person. I'm not going to pretend she isn't, but she's, you know, reluctant to have our, like after Billy, our dog, who mm-hmm. we got for the kids when they were young, very reluctant to have another one. But she has just fallen head over heels for this dog. Like, it's funny. I love watching it. Like, every time she sits down, she wants him on her lap. She's always <laughs> worried. And then, you know, I had mentioned a month or two ago, he injured his back, and now she's always like, she's like a like a mother, like, oh, be, make sure mother, he doesn't yeah. do this. Yeah, don't make sure he doesn't do that, and don't let him run up the stairs. And even Danny says, Mom, he's got to get on with his life, but she's so terrified that he's going to injure himself again. <laughs> I said to her the other day that, because uh, out the lake, Clifford was not allowed in the uh, Patterson uh, establishment in no. any way whatsoever. <clears throat> but I, and then I, I noticed that, that Dougie was, like, all over the Doug can go anywhere. Yeah, so I said I said it all. I said, "What did you, what happened to the not dogs not in the trailer rule?" Says, oh, I've broken all the rules. It's a you know he's broken it. Yeah, yeah, but I, again, that's a bit different. You know, uh, Clifford was four times the size, and often he stunk because of the type of dog he was. Dougie does. Yeah, okay, yeah, you know, but you labs used to have a dog. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. No, I and it's not, when it's not your dog, you don't want everybody's dog coming into your fucking. Trailer. I totally get it. I'm yeah. not. I'm not uh, being critical in any way. Uh-huh. It, was, it, was it sounded like a little bit of criticism, but that's no, fine. No, the dynamic change. Tinge. By the way, you know what he was I, being? He was being observant with a side of a tinge of criticism. 
But is there any reason for a large dog to be in your trailer? Like, there's no reason for it. Well, I'll tell you what. If he's if he's your buddy, there's a reason. Nobody <laughs> loved Clifford more. Not well. I shouldn't say that, but nobody beyond the family loved Clifford more than I did. That's right. That's true. Do you remember the first time? And I think you had just got the trailer. Maybe the like within a, a couple of weeks or a month, I came up with Stan. And Stan was still a puppy running around, very rambunctious, and he ran through your screen door. <laughs> screen to uh, oh, moments of arrival. <laughs> within seconds, Stan mm-hmm. kapowed through the uh, screen door like a, you know, a cartoon villain. <laughs> right through. <laughs> I felt terrible. Yeah. Stan still, mm-hmm. Stan still traumatized by that and everything else in his life. <laughs> But even Stan then, I mean, he was a bit skittish because, you know, it was all new to him and everything. But a small dog, like in that environment, like Melanie's dog, Winnie, she prances in and gets up on the futon and lays there all day long and doesn't move. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not like a big lumbering dog with the tail wag and knocking things over. Mm-hmm. And it's just different. Same with Doug, you know, Doug, Doug feels secure. He's not. He likes indoors more than he likes outdoors. He likes outdoors in small shots. But right. He's more comfortable in. Well, I'll tell you that I've seen a lot of French bulldogs and, and Dougie's markings or his whatever his coloring is very different. More like a German shepherd. Yes. I've never seen one like that. So imagine mm-hmm. a sort of a mostly black body, but that brindly brown markings on his face. And he's got this unusual looking is it's it's almost like i can't describe his eyes i was mesmerized by this dog dan i was on the Mm -hmm. floor i was playing with him i want him i got him to lick my face we played bitey games you know it's fantastic you kind of want to be a dog don't you no i just love dogs oh well i know you're just freaking love them rolling around and then uh, i got my dog here i got stan and i got charlie's dog billy my little booby billy and she's so sweet. Because like I come home, Stan says hi to me for about eight seconds and then gone. But Booby Billy's like a regular dog. She's just jumping up and wants to play. You know, she'll lick you forever. Yeah, you know when people say to me, "I don't like small dogs," it's it's like I guess there was a time where I said I don't like cats, but Melanie's had cats and. When you're around cats who are loved by a family, you have a whole different perspective on them. Sure. You know, seriously, cats can be very, very interesting animals. And the ones Melanie had, I fell in love with. And now she has two little two little kittens that are something to watch. They're brothers, and they love each other. Like, it's unbelievable. The one will put its paw around the other one's neck and lick its face and clean it. And, and now they're bonding with Winnie the dog. And anyway, my point is, you can't. You can't make those statements because, you know, like my nephew has had three little chihuahuas and Mm -hmm. they sit there and they shake and they shiver. And I used to think, (laughs) what's what is the what is the point of it all? But then to watch him with these dogs, it's like I get it. There is dogs. He loves them. You know what I mean? And they love him. And it's just uh, you just, you know, you just you have to live it. Well, when I was visiting my buddy out east last month, uh, I told you he had two big cats, really, really nice. And I sort of 
announced when I got there. I said, just everyone, everyone should know I'm allergic to cats. And I have mm-hmm. been my whole life, but I didn't care. Right. These cats have personalities. They go in and out of the house like dogs. Yeah. I would have had a cat years ago. I mean, I took, I, I wanted to, except this was because I was trying to get Randy to give us, to let us have a dog. This was before uh, St. Tucker. But, uh, you know, I've, and Dan, you're similar too. Aren't you a little bit allergic to cats? Like, uh, um, yep. Yeah, I was sneezing last night with uh, Lisa's cat Phantom being nearby. Phantom. Phantom. Um, but, but to your point about small dogs, I same with me. I'd always only ever had big dogs. I had a lab. I had the, the black black lab uh, Doberman Cross. Uh, what was his name again? Loman. And uh, then when we got Stan, Stan's like a good combo because he's a strong, strong. He's bigger than Dougie. So he's like a big dog, but he's small dog, you know, uh, takes uh, for care. Clifford was awesome because Clifford, and I could get on the ground and wrestle with him. Wow. Just the yeah. best. But it's I would a, tell you, a fabulous I've dog. never loved a little dog like I, I love Booby mm-hmm. Billy because she's just so sweet and easy. I'm, I'm going, go ahead. And I'll tell you the only thing I don't like about that dog. Why? No, I just thought you were going to say something. No, 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 no. What I was going to say is I think part of the reason that you love that dog is part of the reason that we really love Dougie because we see what Dougie means to Danny and what that dog means to Charlie, what Billy Booby means to um, Charlie. It's a whole other dimension to it. Like, Danny is so hopelessly in love with this dog. It's this but little, you know, he lives alone mm-hmm. in his condo, and now he has this roommate dog that he just loves so much and i think that adds to why we love him because of what he means to our son and i think that's probably part of it with you too oh absolutely 100 percent. charlie mm-hmm. is on a business trip this week that's why i have billy and spencer and i actually last night spencer and i had quite a bit of a debate as to who got billy to sleep overnight. Anyway, she won. No, I know. Isn't that funny? Oh, yeah. We're disappointed. If, <laughs> if Dougie goes to stay with Danny's friend for like a one night or something, it's like, what? Why? Why? Like, we're here. Like, <laughs> so, seriously, last night I was going to bed and I stopped by to say goodnight to Spancy and, and Billy was in that room and I saw Billy as I like saying goodnight and, and Spencey was like, well, do you want the dog to come with you? I said, well, you know, not if you want them. And, Oh, yeah. But uh, the only thing about that dog, and again, small dogs, all they have as a defense is the noises they can make out of their shrieky little heads. Mm-hmm. And I, I was saying to Freddie yeah. yesterday, man, it's unnerving. Like, I, I, you, I know you guys have maybe heard a little bit of it. Like, sometimes if somebody, if somebody rings a doorbell on a television show, she starts to shriek. Oh, jeez. And, and then he starts to bark. And then for a second, it's just this cacophony of shrieking and barking. I don't know how you would fix it. I mean, I'm sure a dog trainer would be like, well, we could. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you could. But uh, that's not my job. I just wish it would go away. Yeah, Dougie doesn't bark, but Winnie does. Mm. Like, she's a little mutt, a tiny little sweet mutt. But sometimes when she'll, when she doesn't like something she sees she has that sharp um shrill bark and it goes right through you it does yeah so i know what you're saying one other observation i will make on cats and dogs and um it sounds awful but it's just the reality and again i can't speak for my daughter's family directly but they've had a couple of tragedies in the past couple of years they had a cat terry who got hit by a car and people saw it get hit by a car and then Josh, my son-in-law, had to go out and look for him and found him and had to bury him and stuff. And it was 
I mean, it was awful. I felt really bad. But I, I think if that had happened to the dog, it would have been a whole different feel and scenario. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then they had another dog, uh, another cat named uh, Lenny. And this summer, they just let him out, and he never came home. And still hasn't, obviously, because they've since got two other cats. And this dog, and th- this cat, Lenny, it's like, of course, it's not like a child, but it tugs at them because, like, what happened to him? You know what I mean? Did somebody do something bad to him? Did he get trapped somewhere and couldn't get out? Was he killed by a coyote you just don't know your mind runs wild Mm -hmm. but again i make the comparison if winnie didn't come home one day it would be a whole different feel you know what i'm saying like oh absolutely it's like you have like do you accept the fact if you have a cat that doesn't stay in the house that you know because dogs don't run free like that that I mean, you run the risk of losing them. Well, it's happened to Melanie twice now. Yeah, we get sad. over and they just get another cat. I'm just saying if that was the dog in that position, I think it would be a much bigger tragedy within the family. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Dogs uh-huh. are more valued than cats. Yeah. Well, I, I don't yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying. I don't well, know to what some I'm people. Saying. No, but I no? get it. Yeah. Um, but we still let's listen. If it was your cat, if it was your cat, you would. It would be as big a tragedy. No, I'm valid, but at the same time, I know I felt sad when this happened to the cats, but mm. not nearly as sad as I probably would feel if it happened to one of the dogs. I think, you know, you know like ex- ex-wife Randy had Tucker, our little family dog, for 16 years and loved that dog. You know, it, 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 that dog started off as, you know, my idea. I wanted the kids to grow up with a dog. And, right. we, and then we got this dog. It was the perfect little breed. Mm-hmm. It's called a Miki. And it was, you know, just a, it was part of the family, the size of a slipper. And, uh, the, you know, the famous uh, first in our family, there's a joke. Because Randy, when we first got a week after we got the dog, she said to me, we've made a huge mistake. <laughs> a huge mistake, she said. I mean, because uh, whatever. Cut to, you know, I sold the dog to Randy in the divorce. That story, we don't need to repeat that one. To the point where Randy, after the kids moved away, doing college and such, Randy is so in love with that dog, like it became her third child. And when Tucker died, I don't know if you guys know this, Randy had a dog funeral for Tucker. No. Oh, yeah. Like the gravesite, throwing dirt on the box. Where was this? Where did some, I don't know where she found some dog um, grave place. And and Spencer, <laughs> this is the best. Did you not attend the funeral? Uh, no, I didn't. I was maybe, why? I, I don't know. I can't remember. Disrespect. <laughs> so Spencer tells this story in their act. It's really funny. I got it. And she tells the whole story of how Randy videotapes Tucker's death. This is true. I don't know if I ever told you this, guys. So Randy's videotaping. Well, well she... Well, well, so well. Tucker, the last couple of days of Tucker's life, he did this thing. It was almost like, Dan, he got narcolepsy where he'd be like breathing and just kind of fall asleep and pass out, right? Like he just kept passing out. And every time he did, everyone thought he had died. <laughs> so Randy wanted to video... I don't know, guys, I don't know why Randy wanted to videotape his or video or record his final moments so at the very end there's a video and randy's commentating and tucker does this thing where he breathes 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 and then he just closes his eyes and what what it looks like he goes to sleep and you can hear randy's voice going dead 
<laughs> and the music get swells. Get Dead. Out. Get out. Seriously. So she actually caught the actual death? Yes. Yes. But in her voice, you can hear her going, <laughs> Dead. Dead. Okay. Wow. And then the last part of this story is, and again, Spencer tells it way better than me, is uh, they're at the funeral and they're doing the thing where they throw dirt Onto the coffin, mm-hmm. onto the shoebox at Tucker's. Shoebox. Oh, and right, they also yeah. bury Tucker with his slipper that he aggressively made love to for his entire. Yeah. Right. He, he used to do this thing where he would go there and just dry hump this slipper, and it's mm-hmm. all like 16 years of dog, mm-hmm. whatever. So he's in the, this, the, but they put the, the, slop, the slipper in the box, and they're throwing dirt. And then you can hear that Randy, they cut the camera cuts to Randy, and she's sobbing, and she's saying, no, now I'll never be a mother again. <laughs> Meanwhile, my daughters She's got are two kids. That's, that's right. That's the joke. Now I'm not a mother again. I'm no. I'm now I'm no. I'm no longer a mother or something like this. <laughs> the kids are kind of like mm, what? Uh, hello. <laughs> what did we lose our designation? <laughs> that's right. Uh, mama. Oh yeah. So that's how much she loved Tucker. Yeah. Okay. Let's back up a bit too. You may have explained it, but I, I need to hear it again. So during your separation divorce proceedings, yes. how did the topic of the dog come up and actually negotiate a price? Like, you would think something like that would be, hey, honey, like, you know, of course you can have Tucker. He means a lot to you. How? Well, no, the thing is, at the time, he didn't. So when we got what divorced. Mean he didn't what? He, well, didn't he, he, he didn't mean as much to Randy. Because oh, okay. it was just the family dog, and you know Randy liked it. I it was to, to be honest with you. To be honest with you, <laughs> it was more my dog. You know, I was the one that took care of it. I'm the one that took. I used to take it to work with me the odd time. He was really Tucker was initially my dog, and you know the kids kind of played with Tucker, but I took care of it. I did all. If I had to be, I walked it. So if she wasn't hopelessly in love with it at that time, why did she actually pay you money for it? Well, I'm going to tell you. So as time... I can't wait. Well, just listen then. As time Uh went on and then we got separated, by that time... The, the first initial thing was, where well, wherever the kids go, the dog goes. That was how we separated them. So three and a half days of the week, the girls were with me, and so was Tucker. And then a, for, a, so for a couple of years, Randy, only, she started to miss Tucker. Right. And she wanted to have Tucker with her. And so one day she said to me, and we hadn't finalized our deal yet, and she said, you know, is there any way you, you could maybe think to have you know just i get tucker all the time and i'm just like well what is it worth to you <laughs> so get out i did what do you mean get out you know the story i know the story but i'm hearing it again because i almost find it hard uh, impossible to believe <laughs> and know. so how do you arrive at a dollar figure and are you willing to say what that is well here's what i, w- I am willing to say i'm willing to say see at that point we were separating assets and i said i'll tell you what right. you know how about this i can put it I'll, you let me keep the car, a, a, a number. I said a number. Here's what I'll sell the dog to you. So I, I said, here's the number. And she negotiated me down to a lesser number, but it was still pretty significant that I didn't have to pay her if she wanted the dog full time. Interesting. It really very, very, like, I mean, that that is an interesting I'm right. going to just throw on an interesting out there. For the how much were the, That's how much interesting. The, how much were the kids? 
<laughs> oh, man, were the was the dog worth more than the if I could? I tell you what, if I could sell your kids, if I could have sold one of them, I just that's. Uh, and I will say this because I, you got you guys had such an amicable, yeah, and 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 um, soft and uh, uneventful separation and divorce. It's just I I just that that just surprises me that the dog was negotiated. That's well, I should also tell you how valuable the dog was to her, and not that it was wasn't to me, but because she approached me, and, and by again, remember initially my dog, my my dog, my idea, and you know it was sort of like daddy's dog, and and then it became you know as the kids got a little bit older because they were pretty young when we got it. And then Randy became sort of the the mama's. You know, she became she became in love with the dog, and I will tell you the figure was uh, more than you would imagine, but not as I much as it. <laughs> you know, it's not wasn't outrageous, but it was pretty significant. But that tells me something about you too. So it's your dog, and you really love this dog, but you're willing to sell it like some kind of a slave trader or something. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, boys. If, if you're if you're ever in that position when you're giving away multiples of multiples, you're like, hey, well, it's, like, it's like a drowning man looking for something, anything. <laughs> Just let me keep something. Did you sell Andy Ruby too? <laughs> I don't think I could have got as much for Ruby as I got for Tucker. All right, well, that's enough of that. Uh, I'm going to be told that story a thousand times. Um, all right. Oh, and you'll tell it again because it needs to be retold. Yeah, maybe one. I think I've actually told the story with the number, but it was uh, it was five figures. That's what it was. Wow. Yeah. Way more than you would. Oh, well, purchase I'll, a, I'll a new one for it. Was it was five times the price of the dog at a breeder. So there you go. If you know what a purebred dog costs, that'll give you an idea. Dan Duran's news, a lot to come. We're going to uh, talk EVs and uh, Toronto. Michael join us later in the program and uh, we will get to your emails in a second. But first, Fred, we got to get to this. Oh, just one more thing. Don't oh, Christ. To, what? It, your your uh, performance uh, announcement, whatever that is. Oh, I will give you my uh, performance. Oh, right. Uh, That's coming up. A Howard coming Glassman up. historical performance announcement. Really? Yeah. Hey, it's Thursday, everybody. That means Thursday night football, NFL action. It's uh, the Giants at San Francisco. Uh, the uh, 49ers uh, minus 10. Heavy favorite. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Are you all done? Yes. Let me tell you a little bit about boron. Is I mentioned this earlier. It's difficult to comprehend the variety of uses of boron in the world. It is ubiquitous. Manufacturing, medicine, science, pharmaceuticals, telecommunications, space travel. It's found all around us, and we're in constant contact with this vital element, even though for the most part we're not aware of it. Some of the more common applications of boron include glass production, insulation, fertilizer, silicon, metallurgy, LCD screens, stealth technology, sports equipment, nuclear 
reactors and waste storage. And the big one, lithium batteries. There's more boron in an electric vehicle, apparently, than lithium. Uh, Anyhow, the reason we mention it is boron1.com, one of our supporters. Find out more about about morons. That's our show. Um, Market prices generally reflect the relative scarcity of borats, uh, which is why Boron One can be a good addition to your portfolio. Talk to our Sherpa, uh, Sherpa, retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblet, or Sherpa J. Bondi, and uh, maybe get them uh, to look at Boron One at BoronOne.com. I played this because uh, your cat left and it never came back. Yeah, Lenny, he was a good guy. Lenny, come back. <laughs> and and again, her cats always, I don't know. I, I You know, it's their environment. But, and I say this, they were all like, and you said it earlier, almost like dogs. Uh, your buddy's cats. Yeah, my buddy's cats go in and out of the house. Like, I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. They're big, and, uh, too. But but like they go and they'll roam the neighborhood and just come back to the house. Well, that's it. And and again, you know, you take that chance when you have, you know, there's house cats and non-house cats. And when they're non-house cats and you open the door and let them go, like you really would never do with a dog anymore. Right. Uh, you just run the risk. You never know. Like from somebody getting pissed off and doing something horrible to them or just getting chewed up in the wild or getting trapped somewhere or whatever who knows i can tell you one thing we missed though in that discussion is the fact that when you and i were kids and dan too there was this dogs roaming the neighborhood willy-nilly constantly yeah there there was just all the dogs that people owned on my street were just outside and 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 not not always with their owners it would just be like i would walk by and i could i could play with a dog randomly that was so and so is from down the street yeah when i grew up in scarborough my dog barney she wanted out you open the door and then for any given moment of the day you didn't know if the dog was in or out right you didn't where's barney oh you know she might scratch at the door or she's not around oh she's out and that's that's as far as you would think about it. And what would happen other times? You'd say, "Where's Barney?" and it would be right there. And Barney, you'd <laughs> Barney. say, "Where's Barney?" and she'd hear her voice and come running in from a bedroom or something. Hey, but speaking of the Dougie visit, how did you like the uh, pies? Delicious. I brought uh, Freddie some uh, pie commissioner pies yesterday. Yeah, we had a butter chicken and a braised beef, and uh, we had half each of yeah, yeah, a little mix and match. We're the pr- they're pretty oh, good mix over and there. Match. <laughs> with a little nice fresh salad. Mm. They're pretty good. <laughs> Mix and match. Anyway, I'm glad. You know, that place we talk about, uh, Burton's Meats? Yes. They sell pie commission uh, pies. Isn't that something? So they've got some association with the pie commission. Well, I'm sure that's... So the- that's where more more often than not, that's where I get my pie commission pies. Well, you wouldn't come all the way down here. That's, uh- no. It's ridiculous. Okay, let's uh, get to this because we have. Uh, we're going to add, I think, one email each. So this will take a little bit of time. It's not going to take over the whole show. We have already done show. So here we go. Hi guys. Hi guys. Another Hi guys. week of emails. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Where are we starting, Fred? Range anxiety is the subject from Jim Turkulis. Hi guys. Hi guys. 
Hey, uh, looking forward to your EV show, he said tomorrow, but it's actually today. I'm a huge car buff. However, I'm a little hesitant on taking the plunge into the EV market for fear of running out of juice when driving. I am seeing more and more Teslas on the road today, so I guess these folks have gotten over that fear. Uh, maybe a rental for a weekend is a way to test the waters. Keep up the great work, and thanks for keep it, uh, keeping us laughing. That's Jim Turkulis. Uh He gives us uh, no body function numbers. Mm. I got to admit, Jim, that that's what it was for me last fall when I started exploring this, that I was like, okay, how range and all the objections and what happens if you run out of juice. But I can tell you now from having one for the better part of eight or nine months, it really isn't a concern. Even though Canada lags behind a lot of countries in terms of, you know, adopting charging stations and we can talk about that with uh, daryl later but overall it really hasn't been any different than oh you know than gassing up your car you know what how much uh, range do you have in your suv uh that's a good uh it's probably say around 400k right with a full tank yeah right so that's not much different i mean i got a long range uh in this particular car it's 480 kilometers yeah, so, yeah. I, I, I think it's just still in people's heads, right? Like, there's gas stations everywhere, but am I going to be able to find a charging station when, in fact, they're pretty common now, too? Absolutely. But you know what, Howard? It's, oh, like, the, it's like podcasting, right? Yes. It must evolve to become part of... Uh, the mainstream that's all absolutely great point Hi um, guys. this is from Hi uh, guys. our friend Lori love from yesterday the subject line sweet morning she says hi fellas but we know she means Hi guys. just wanted to thank you for 15 minutes of fun this morning what a thrill for this old fan of h&f i also wanted to apologize you don't have to for not having a proper mic i thought i had a connector for my laptop but wasn't the case if i'm ever needed again i will be sure to have a proper mic props to dan says Lori love by the way this is Lori talking now props to dan for helping me set up the best audio choices uh, the night before and not once did he brag about his wang <laughs> so that's Lori love who can say by the way in the rules of our contest other people can say anything they want about dan's wang she uh, signs off love you both Lori, with a little heart resting heart rate 71 the rest is all normal and we thank you Lori love it was great having her on. No, it it, it really was. Uh, I said to her uh, in response to that, I said, you know, your mic was fine. You know, and sometimes the guests, if their mics are just a little tinny or a little off, that's fine because, um, you know, people know that sort of remote. Not a big deal. And uh, next time she's on, and I'm sure she'll be on again, we can maybe step that up a bit but it was fine it was fine and it was and again after all this time to have her on was uh great it really was you know you and i've talked about this from time to time probably recently i think it came up about somebody mentioning uh the quality of the podcast we do and how most of the you know we had some trouble with the mic the other day and but for the most part, our, 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 we want, and this was another thing we thought of 12 years ago, was we wanted to do it to be broadcast quality. Because I can tell you, I've been listening to, I was listening to a couple of podcasts yesterday on the way to and from the golf course. And it's a subject I'm really interested in, but I find it hard to listen to mm-hmm. because the balance in the microphones is so bad. 
like just to the point where you know i i've and i know the guy i know one of the guys i sent him a note and i said listen great content like amazing but it is you got to know that it's a barrier for people to continue listening to you you know, and again, we talk about earlier in the show, the comparisons between radio and podcasting and how podcasting is clawing away at that market share and whatever. Um, if you want to compete, you have to compete on that level too, sound quality. Because people traditionally, you know, listening to the radio for years and years, those, ba- you know, best mics, uh, balanced sound between, you know, the different yeah, Perfect compression, yeah. If you want to compete, in the, bo- in the podcast world, that's got to be near the top of your list, man. And it's not that hard to figure out. No, it isn't. It's not that hard to figure out, and the equipment is not that expensive anymore. Well, you know, the really big ones, again, I'm a little disappointed sometimes in Smartless because there's a little bit of um, imbalance there auditorially. But I listened to Mark Marin the other day, had a comedian on that I really like, and it's, it sounded like they were doing it at a radio station. Yeah. You know, I was looking for the audio. I'm reading a story yesterday. Matthew McConaughey was on Smartless. And apparently, before they started recording or the recording you heard, uh, Jason Bateman was having trouble with something, his microphone or his board or something, and totally freaked out. Like fucking lost his mind in front of all the other guys. And McConaughey tells the story. And he says it was so weird that he just started laughing. And then Jason Bateman looks at him and goes, yeah, yeah, really, really funny. Let's fucking not do this today. Let's just shut it down today. Really? Like, oh, yeah, apparently it was uh, something. And I tried to find, and they talk about it. You're talking about Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. What okay. Did I, no, I, I didn't know you said Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, the, the big actor guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the southern guy, the Texas guy. The southern guy. Okay. Um, well, I kind anyway. of thought that's what it was, but I thought we, when you said it a second time, I wasn't sure. McGonaghy. Okay, that guy. Fuck. Yeah. The big actor guy. But anyway, he tells the story, and he was just like really, really amused by it all. And uh, Jason just spun out of control. And again, we'll try and find. I don't know if they want to release the the audio. I bet you he, they do. I bet you. He wasn't, he wasn't afraid to talk about it. Who, anyway. Jason wasn't or Matthew? No, Matthew. Interesting. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right, let's move on. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, this is Hi from... Guys. Is this or this is yours now? Sorry, because I did yes. Lori's. Okay, yes. Uh, subject, Brampton Senior Center and curling <laughs> from Ron Sakema. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hundy P, uh, Hundy Peer since the CFNY days and again since the start of COVID. Heard Fred talking about the Brampton Senior Center and possibly curling. He says the Brampton Curling Club is at the old Brampton Fairgrounds just down the road from the Senior Center. Know it well. There is an open house Saturday, September 30th where you can try curling and see if you like it. Hmm. No equipment required, but if Dan wants to use his big stick, he can. Mm-hmm. That's not me. That's not me. Perfectly legal if one of the listeners does it. So Ronnie comes, uh, he checks in with a fun fact, too. He says, in high school, I used to clean the radio station on Kennedy Road, 83 Kennedy Road South. And I made it on the Live Earl Jive Show. Did you? A bunch of times I was on the Ur- Live Earl Jive Show. As uh, Ron the Cleaner, that became his uh, 
that became his character's name wrong. Sure. Cleaner with Earl Judd. Mm. Uh, so for about two years, I emptied Fred's trash in his office. Not sure if that is something I would put on my resume, but thought you would find that interesting. And beside interesting, he puts all sorts of musical notes. Yeah, so there you go. Because here's the thing. Listeners get it. The listeners oh, get it. Get it. Thanks for always entertaining us, Ron. Bowel movement's pretty good. Resting heart rate, 55. Wow. That's impressive. That is impressive. Well, maybe he's on beta blockers and some blood thinners. Who knows? Oh, who knows what the man's going through. You should try. Like, I don't know. Have you? I I shouldn't say. I I know you have curled because we've curled together. Yes. We did a thing years ago. But fun. Like, if you like, sh- you know, it's like shuffleboard on ice. Not as hard, not as easy as it looks, but a really fun group game that everyone yes. can kind of catch on to. And difficult. Like I said, way harder than it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, thank you very much, Ron. Here we go. Let me try this. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This is uh, from Danielle Hayashi. <laughs> Subject Palma Pasta. That, by the way, I didn't. I don't think I mentioned because we were talking about pies. But Palma Pasta is the title sponsor of the Thursday email show, and we'll tell you about all the great things you can get at Palma Pasta here in a second. But first, Danielle Hayashi checks in and says, "Hi guys." Hi guys. Saturday, I was in Mississauga and went to the Palma's Kitchen location. That's on Seminac Road. My son picked some food from their hot table. And really enjoyed their meat ravioli and chicken parmesan. I got three of their frozen lasagnas. Which, <laughs> sorry, I'm just doing that thing. You know, yeah, when uh, you know when newscasters, well, like they'll be in the middle of a news story, but they'll come to like a French word or a Italian word, and then they put on the accent. Yes. I just, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I find that funny. I yeah. got three of their frozen lasagnas, uh, which the family really enjoyed. Glad we checked them out and looking forward to our next visit. Danielle, Hundy P, since Voldemort. Yeah, we got to thank him. Uh, a lot of people have come over to the podcast since uh, that. Incident. I know what we can do. We well, can send we can. Derringer a lasagna. Oh, maybe we should. Thank you, John. Um, yeah, we can say here. You know, we can say here, John. Here's a lasagna. Don't yell at it. Doll and I had this discussion because she makes a lasagna. When you make lasagna at home, it's not a cheap prospect, you know. Oh no, the price of ground meat, all the cheese you have to put in it, and you know the ricotta and all that stuff. <laughs> Those wonderful lasagnas that you get at Palma Pasta, you probably couldn't make for the size of them. You probably for the price, yeah. Make them for the price that yes. they cost. We could send John an eggplant parmesan with a note that said, don't make it cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dear John, enjoy this. Don't make it, don't make it cry. Don't, don't yell at it. Uh, over 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and prepared take-home entrees. Just heat and eat. Four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga. Of course, Palmas Kitchen is the place that you can go pick up the stuff. More of a grossateria. And there's great stuff at all the other locations. Palmapasta.com. Palmapasta, Italian tradition, simply delicioso. All right, let's move on. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Quick question from Nancy McLeod Elder. Email. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. 
I'm in a way on vacation, haven't caught up on the shows I missed. Well, you must correct that. She says, have you fellows mentioned or uh, watched Jury Duty? If not, you must. It's hilarious. Cheers, Nancy. Had you heard of it? I hadn't. No. No. Maybe we save that and maybe Bill Brio will, you know, have a, a thought or two about that. But we certainly appreciate Nancy and any mm-hmm. recommendations. <laughs> I have watched uh, the first episode of the new season of Welcome to Wrexham. Mm. And when you get around to it, it's really, really cool. You know the part, you've seen it? No. With, yeah, okay, why are you at? Oh, no, because I'm going to say something when you're finished. I can be finished right now if you want. No, you were in the middle of saying something. Well, I was going to say the, the 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 episode. You'll love it because it features His Majesty the Royal King. This was the point I was going to make. I saw the trailer, and right. you know it's funny. You go back to the beginning of that series when the guys were really second guessing themselves: should they have bought into this thing? Right now, they've turned it into this money making machine. And seriously, do you think King Charles? would have showed up there if not for that television show and you know the focus the spotlight that has been put on that team like it's it's such an amazing story oh yeah it really is and we have um later in the emails uh, a reference to uh yeah come to Rexham. well in the episode it's pretty cool because ryan and rob are just such decent guys you can tell they are that um as part of making the show, because you're watching a Welcome to Wrexham is a is a TV show. So they're and they're they're TV right. movie people. So they throw in this thing where the two of them are getting etiquette lessons, and it's not hilarious, but it's just a really right. cute thing. It's a they're, mm-hmm. they're 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 what I like about both of them is they're such big stars that are willing to make themselves look a little bit silly from time to time. Mm-hmm. But I'll mm-hmm. tell you the the reception where the king shows up at Wrexham it's pretty special. Yeah, say what you want about monarchy and royalty, but th- what it, what it means to that town, and what those as to your point, how those guys' celebrity hood brought mm-hmm. them, brought attention to it is pretty good. Oh yeah, like I love it. It's just to me, it's all just warm and fuzzy. It's great. Yes. Yes. Hi guys. This Hi is uh, subject line: Why people votes for Trump. That's what it says. <laughs> All right, let's wade into this for a couple seconds and get some stink on us. Uh, hi, hi, guys, hi. says Jeremy Long. I think you slash Howard answered this with the statement I was talking about his brother made about what their tribe is doing. His subject line was, why do people vote for Trump? If you're a conservative, you're going to vote conservative. Whether you truly like the guy or not, you want that tribe to get in or stay in. Why they voted for him to begin with is people wanted to change. That's how I thought when I originally supported Trudeau. I hadn't picked a tribe yet, being a younger individual when I got when he got in. He says I'm 43 now, which, by the way, I like. For a lot of reasons, I like the fact that we've got some people that are, you know, not all retirement age. Mm-hmm. I realize I'm actually in the conservative tribe, and that's how I'll vote going forward. And he goes on to say, I spent a good amount of time in the U.S. for work and have close work colleagues down there. Of course, I've asked why they would vote for for Trump. The response is basically they either didn't like Hillary or simply that's their party. Sure, there are sure that there are others that just have no idea about politics and support him because they think it's cool. But that's not who I hang with. 
resting heart rate 65 bms too frequent signed everybody love everybody jeremy long (laughs) well his name is jeremy long fred yeah long jeremy but long okay what is that a dan reference i don't know is it okay um here's the thing and i get that to a point Uh, That was then. This is now. Yes, he was elected in 2016. And we even said at the time, give the guy a chance. Maybe he'll be a good president. He turned out to be a clown, a buffoon, as we see. But this whole thing about gravitating to your side doesn't isn't valid for me anymore because the man is a convicted rapist. I like Stephen Harper, and I will admit it to this day. I think he was a good prime minister. He was the right guy for the time. But believe me, if it had been revealed that he was a convicted rapist. He would have lost me. And that's, what, and that's what bothers me about this whole thing. I mean, it's just all so murky and disgusting and such a swamp that that little tidbit of information being found guilty, liable for sexual assault, which is actually rape, has just been lost in the shuffle. It's something else. Yeah, I agree. And, and what's also been lost in the shuffle. And then there's a laundry list of paying porn stars all the way down yes. to trying to seed, seed fake electors. Mm-hmm. How, the thing is, any one of the shopping list of stuff would, for me, turn me off them. But mm-hmm. that's why I brought up my brother yesterday, because, you know, his whole thing about, you know, once you're ensconced or whatever in that tribal mentality Almost nothing that your leader will do, you know, and I'm not to be too dramatic here, but there were a lot of people that supported Adolf Hitler long after they knew he was exterminating not just Jews, but people all over and still supported him. So that's how I'll use that example as how powerful that is. But I bet you those who stuck with Hitler at the very basis, very base hated Jews. And, and 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 this is the this is you know sticking with Trump too. And again, I say it all the time, and we say it all the time. To me, the very base of a Trump supporter is intolerance and racism. They really think that he's going to put the white man first again. Yeah, I agree. I agree with the Trump mm-hmm. part. But I, I'll bet mm-hmm. you there were a good portion of those people that that uh, that went too far for them. And still mm-hmm. they support. That's my point. They, oh, okay. they, yes, they, yeah. they might have had a... Because here's the thing. The whole thing about the anti-Semitism in the late 20s into the early 30s, it didn't exist 15 years before that. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was seeded. It was, they, they, they started making it societal. Not all Germans mm-hmm. felt that way. But I'm just right. saying there was a point way into the Third Reich where there was stuff going on that officers knew they didn't agree with, were reviled by but still had to go along with it. But but even with the Trump stuff, too, I mean, it's like this whole assault on democracy. Again, I say, you know, they're sliding into that abyss and it's like still holding on and they want to go for the ride when a little bit of research and investigation, you can see where you're going with this guy. Like, what is the matter with you? I know, but that's not what they the want to do. But, the and, and the thing that really sickens me, back to the people that would be sort of in the elite of the Trump world, the Matt Gaetzes, the congressmen, the Kevin McCarthy's, they all know this guy's a bad dude. 
And that's mm-hmm. what really bugs me. They know they, they're smarter than that. They're talking to Merrick Garland yesterday, and they know mm-hmm. how government works. And they're making it seem for simpletons, mm-hmm. like Joe Biden directed him, Merrick Garland, who's an attorney general. But that's what I mean. They all know better, but they're just going along for the ride. You know, I made this point the other day, and just to be a little more clear, a guy like Mark Levin, I don't know if many of our listeners know, he's just a right-wing guy that writes books and has a radio show. You know, the business of reaching out to America's simpletons, you just use the word. You know, there's 300 million people in the, in the, in, in the country. Say, two, say you can get 250,000 people to give you five bucks a month. That's big business. Yeah, yeah. Huge business. And the thing is, it's like a marketability. You look, where is the hole in the market? Well, if I talk to these simple people, I can say anything to them, say whatever they want to hear, and they'll eat it up and send me money. I know it's wrong. I know it's not good for the country, but I'm doing the math here. $5 at 200000 Oh, my goodness. That's a million dollars a month or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's huge business for these people. Yeah, and they, you know, and you know, you talk about this patriotic company or this patriotic country. There's so many of those assholes well, and, that and, don't care about the country. And the model is based on the evangelicals, which is why yes. they get support from them. Uh, yes. Just looking here, uh, you got the story right, says Steve Lavery. Uh, this was on the first time they tried to have him on the show, and Bateman did what you said. This is McGonag- mm. McConaughey. Mm-hmm. And stopped the show, but they brought the tape of this happening on the most recent show to Needle Bateman. Really funny, says Steve Lavery. Oh, okay, we'll have to grab that. So that's a good recon mm-hmm. from our buddy Steve Lavery. Mm-hmm. Always willing to contribute. Uh, all right, oh. let's move on. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, this is a golf-related one. From uh, Bob Singer says, hi, guys. Uh, Hi, guys. I wrote to you last year prognosticating, that's predicting, that you would get your hole-in-one in 2022. Even offered all of you a round of golf to celebrate. Now I'm completely convinced the elusive aces, the elusive ace of aces will happen this year. Especially with your game in a good place. I guess he's addressing this to me. And again, free golf and maybe a citywide celebration. The odds must be in your favor. Please know the humble and Fred faithful are rooting for you. I appreciate that. I came really close again, like last week. A week ago Wednesday was as close as I've ever come. He writes uh, 69 BPMs, Metamucil regular. He's one of those guys. And a 1.7 index so the guy can play. Like he's a very good golfer. Hundy P since the radio days and an STD. You know what an STD is? Yes. Well, not a, the disease. Like he's, I can tell he also listens to the golf podcast. Mm, okay. Because we call right. the people who listen to the golf podcast Swing Thoughts. Swing Thought is the name of the podcast. But Swing Thought devotees or STDs. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Your friend Bob Singer. Thank you, Bob. You know what those... Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Thank you, Bobby. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. The come broke down. This, um, I was a little uh, taken aback by this. You know, long-time listener Liz Brew uh, writes subject matter. What kind of anal-picking hair is this mm. as pertains to Duran? And she says, hi, guys. Oh, I'm sorry. You kind of 
got a little warbly there. Hi, guys. Oh, did I? Hmm. Hi, guys. Uh, she says, we all get Dan Duran is eccentric as fuck. <laughs> she goes, fucking 4% moderation. This is reference to, you know, Boone put that 1990 show up and it was running a bit fast and it bothered Dan. He thought it should be, I don't know, down modulated so it sounded more what normal. What the word he used at the time? Uh, I forget. I know, but he, he basically was running fast, and he thought it would be very simple to take it down yeah. 4% or 6% so that it sounded more normal. Anyway, Liz says, uh, Mike Boone brought us gold. It was really restorative. Dan felt otherwise. Duran needs to sit the fuck down, <laughs> and that needs to be acknowledged. And that's it. She doesn't even, doesn't sign, even it. sign it. No, we no, don't know what her resting heart rate is. No bowel movement. She doesn't even put Liz. Like, that really pissed her off. Oh, yeah. So I don't know what to say other than, you know. <laughs> I love the first story. Dan meant well. Jesus Christ, he meant well. He always does. That's the yeah. thing about Dan Duran. He, Dan, me, here's one thing you should all know. He means no evil. No. He only wants to do what he thinks is better for whatever the situation he's in. Without without a doubt. But Liz, like in her defense of uh, Toronto, Ma, she gets quite vile with our friend Dan. Dan needs to sit the fuck down, says Liz. And I'm wow. so angry, I can't tell you about my bowel movements. Of all the things you could get upset about in well, a day. I just, That's it? It's, I've become so used to getting to know our listeners that when somebody signs off without bowel movements or heart rate, I worry. Mm. I worry, mm-hmm. Fred. Uh, but as always, we do appreciate you uh, Hi, weighing guys. in, Liz. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. The I have uh, one more. I think you have one more, too, right? Oh, no. I, uh, yes. I, okay, I got one I, more here. I might have a couple. Yeah, I think so, too. I could be wrong. This is from, uh, this is from Gord. Two prices for health care. He says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. He says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. In your discussion of Hummel's Mexican hospital costs, you mentioned the concept of differentiated costs for insured and uninsured. I can confirm that in the U.S. there is a giant difference in costs. I know a friend's negotiating costs for elective surgery and getting adjustments to bill to bills after the fact. It explains why U.S. health costs are among the highest in the world. Well, I don't know about that because both times I've used the Chambers plan while out of the country, uh, both of the hospitals I went to, one in Mexico, one in Phoenix, found out immediately that I had insurance. And in both cases, once the hospital administrators made contact with the insurer, it was the last time I ever saw a bill or thought about it. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I guess I, my point is, I wonder if you went in to the Mexican situation and said, I don't have insurance, but I have cash. I can pay you. I wonder if it would have been $15,000 for 24 hours. Oh, I, I, I think not. But, you know, this, uh, this is another example of misdirect, uh, misdirected angst. Um, you know, people love, oh, the insurance companies this, insurance companies that, and they're charging too much. How often do we hear these stories? I've been in a couple of fender benders where you go to a shop and the guy says, do you, is this insurance or is this, are you paying for it? Mm-hmm. There's two different prices. Sure. 
So people are continuously milking the insurance companies. You wonder why the prices go up? Like, really, it's it's not right. And no matter how you feel about insurance companies, yeah, and they can be ruthless and unfair and like anything else in life. But just think about that. wonder what that price would be, non-insurance. So now, because it's insurance, that insurance company has to pay that huge, that huge bill. Of course, it's going to be reflected in premiums. So who should we be mad at? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, when I when I saw that, that's and you know, I took it to your house yesterday. I wanted you to see it too because I wanted to make sure I wasn't I had, hadn't misread it because I imagined that because of talking to people who live in San Miguel and knowing what they paid for some of the, the things they without insurance, I don't know what I imagined. I thought it would be a couple of grand if I thought about it at all. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not more than ten, not fifteen thousand. I found that really. That's why I brought it up. I thought it was just very, very strange. Was it interesting? Maybe. Uh, Let's get to uh, another one. But that whole concept, you know, like even in Mexico, it's like, oh, it's one of those Canadian insurance companies. Oh, let's bring out the thick book. Oh, yeah. Like, like, wow. Anyway. Well, if I'd have known it was that much, I would have ordered extra guacamole. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This is me. Yes. Uh, I believe that's you. Get caught up in all these, you know, get caught up in these tirades. I lose. uh, (laughs) I know. The subject matter is Wrexham from uh, Judy Hill. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. I'm very jealous here. She said, I have a friend visiting his hometown of Wales, and he was a guest at the home opener of Wrexham, which won 3-0, as his grandfather played for the original team. Wow. No robber wreck in the stands, but they did get a picture of the guy leaving. And and she attaches the picture, and he's leaving the stadium. And I'm thinking, wouldn't that be great? Oh, wouldn't that be a moment? Anyway, resting heart rate, 66, bowel movements, regular uh, Judy. Yeah, I saw that picture. And uh, when you get to the first episode of... Welcome to Wrexham. What you're going to see is a lot of people doing what we've talked about doing. You've, yeah. You have. People from all over the world coming to this little town in Wales because they're fans of the show. I mean, all over. Yeah. From Australia, all over Europe, Americans. And in fact, at one point, the guy that owns the turf, the tall dude, is doing his little speaking to camera bit. And in the middle of filming, he has to stop because there's the place doesn't open until midday. There are fans knocking at the door. They just want to come in and get a picture. Mm-hmm. I know. It's something else. Something else. Yeah, the benefit to that town that those kids have brought in. Oh. Um, all right, let's uh, Hi, let's get through this because we do. Uh, we're going to run up and uh, against uh, Dan and interviews. This is my last one. Uh, this is from Holly. Judge Judge Kaj. Just Holly J A J C A J. Judge Judge. Judge Kaj? It's from Holly. Mm-hmm. She says good morning, fellas. Which but she really means hi guys. Hi guys. I was listening to your Thursday show and Howard was speaking about an article regarding Costco. He was gonna share with both of you, Fred and Dan. Would you be able to share the article with your listeners too, Howard? Well, I did. I was all the article was all about the Costco chicken, so maybe she wrote that before we spent some time talking about the Costco chickens and how delicious they are and full of salt. Mm-hmm. 
Then she goes on to say, love your show, fellas. Oh, oh, the thing you spoke about was the sound. This is what I was referencing. I've said it before in previous emails, but I have to say it again. You have the best sound in any podcast I've listened to. Jeff and Julie's podcast sound is fabulous, too. Well, again, another broadcaster with real microphones, and he knows how to... Like Jeff's, their podcast does sound great, both auditorily and content-wise. Mm-hmm. She goes on to say, it's very difficult to listen to podcasts that have uneven sounds. Yes, we've made that point. Thanks again, fellas. Have a wonderful weekend. Happy to have all of you back on the air more often again. Cheers, says Holly in BC, Chilliwack, BC. No bowel movements, no resting heart rate, but she does sign it off with a happy face which I can only assume means all of those things are great. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Okay. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Yeah, this is the last one, and this is a nice way to finish, do- uh, finish off it. Uh, new favorite podcast. Sean Martins writes, new favorite podcast. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. I'm just emailing you to thank you for the nostalgic podcast. And I mean nostalgic because it takes me back to the CFNY days. Howard, Fred, and Dan talking uh, just reminds me of my favorite morning show on my way to school and then eventually work throughout the 90s. Uh, Great broadcast, and it sounds perfect. And being in my 40s, it's good to know that some older gentlemen still appreciate some good Immature dick jokes. Yes, we do. He said, I know it's hard. He writes hard in capital letters. <laughs> I know it's hard to refrain from making a good Dandoran dung pun. A uh, longtime radio listener, new favorite podcast listener, heart rate 98, uh, bowel movement regular. Regards, Sean. Fantastic. I love that, Sean. Thank you so much. And you know, this has happened now three or four times today. There's multiple other references and emails we didn't read where the listeners are now making Dandoran dong jokes. So what I would like to ask, because our hands are tied. So if you want to add heart rate, bowel movement, and a Dandoran dong pun, pun, Dandoran dong pun, feel free. You have our blessing. Okay. Right on. Um, and we're going to get to uh, Daryl Croft in a bit. He hasn't checked in. I'm assuming he will. At some point. In the meantime, Dan Duran's news is standing by. And we have uh, other things as well. Oh, the retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, a uh, portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, yesterday, we met someone uh, who works with Tim, uh, Jay Bondi, a financial advisor associate. And we'll be getting to know him more over the uh, coming months and uh, years, hopefully. And, you know, he... Uh, you know, we t- talked about it always begins with a plan uh, concept yesterday about, uh, you know, when you first meet clients, you got to find out exactly what they want, where they're going, what they uh, what their expectations are through investing and having their own portfolio. Very interesting. Uh, the retirement Sherpa, uh, Tim Niblett, uh, will return next Wednesday. Uh, he's the retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. If you've been wondering what a stretch lab session is like, it lasts about 50 minutes. It'll start with an assessment. You know, where are your pain points? What kind of mobility issues do you have? And uh, right now, for $59 for 50 minutes, which is a real bargain, 
And they're opening up, by the way, all over the city. But Stretch Lab Toronto, you can go get this done. And after 50 minutes, you will feel different. Even you, Dan Duran. <laughs> you'll, you'll feel like a different version of this Dan Duran that you are. Reduce muscle and joint pain. Increase range of motion and flexibility. Improves, improves sports performance and improve your posture. And ultimately reduces some stress. Just give it a shot. I think you'll be very, very pleased that you did. StretchLab.com. StretchLab Toronto. Uh, Dan, did, I'm not sure you heard. The listeners are now becoming quite adept at making Dan Duran ding-dong jokes. And it seems that now the baton... <laughs> the baton... Wait a minute. It's just a phrase. The baton has been passed. That's all I'm saying. Interesting workaround. Yes. Yeah, you've had a... I bet you you've had a few interesting workarounds. Wait a minute. It's just a workaround. Well, you know, when you're on a job, a job site, that type of thing. When is Fred going to claim his 50 bucks? It's getting, getting pretty close. I'll tell you yeah. what, he's not getting in for that, man. That's too good. <laughs> well, we might have to put it out to the listeners at some point. Because, mm-hmm. like, I yesterday I sat there. You felt violated. I sat just over there on uh, my couch, and I was staring at the wall, thinking of some of the things you've said. And I'm, con- I'm like, convinced you've I've won the, the bet, but... You know, what What can I do? I can't come and wrestle you down and pull the uh, wallet out of your pocket or whatever. You're going to have to pay me the money in good faith when you, Howard Glassman, have determined that, yes, you have gone too far. Well, I gave you a pie, so maybe that could be. <laughs> what? You gave him a pie? I gave him two pies yesterday. Is that a vagina joke? <laughs> are, are those allowed? <laughs> are those allowed? What kind of pies? Um, pie commission pies. I told you. <laughs> air, air pie. Yes. They don't sell those at the pie commission. Remember that? Back, <laughs> back when it actually made sense. Oh, yeah. There's no hair pies left. Yeah. <laughs> no hair pies left. No hair pie. No, no hair pie for you. <laughs> um, listen, Daryl Croft is uh, here now, Daniel. So do you want to uh, just... Uh, well, I'll stand by with my upcoming uh, news. Uh, yeah, do that, and, and yeah, you know, and okay. then just sort of put you know put yourself yeah. in a silhouette or something. Dan Duran you know, in silhouette, like just take your your video off. Video so so Daryl's not intimidated. Yeah. Right. So, so we don't need our client intimidated by your beauty. All right, so I'll uh, I'll back away. All right. Yeah, Dan, Fred, don't you agree? We can't have a client coming on here and all he's thinking about is trying to promote his product and distracted by Dan Duran's beauty. Oh, without a doubt, yes. It's ridiculous. Um, let's make sure uh, Daryl's uh, Daryl's mic is working. Hey, man. Hello. How are you doing, Howard? Hi, Fred. Okay, hey, Daryl. How are here you, Here we buddy? go. Good I got some. You. I got some music now. Here we go. Now for about a year and a half now. So okay, uh, that's not yeah. what I want to hear. Hang on. That's that's not what I wanted to hear. I got to put that on. I thought you would play "Silhouettes on the Shade" by Hermits from the No, I'm playing uh, mm-hmm. "Drive My Car" for oh. Daryl. Daryl Croft from EV Rent. Uh, Evening, that I'm sorry, Daryl. I got too many things going on. 
We rent. That's okay. So EVNet, then we rent. That's right. EVNet.ca. Rentelectric.ca. Dude, I I, uh, I sent Mav a note about how much response we've been having. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And we're only on week two. There, we're going to get a really nice bunch of people that are... Because we've got this contest right now where you can get a, an EV uh, rental for the weekend. But I think a lot of people are also going to take advantage of the uh, voucher. Uh, but we'll get to all of that. First, how are things with you, Daryl Croft? It's been a crazy summer, a crazy year. Like the whole automotive business from last year, this year is whole opposite. So it's been a ride, I tell you. It's been been fun, challenging, interesting, but uh, it is affecting everybody. The, the whole automotive world is upside down with the high interest rates and, and cost of inflation and the cost of new cars. So a lot of people are trying to figure out what to do next with their transportation, their vehicle, and EVs have a place, but, uh, but it's really interesting letting people know what the options are. Mm-hmm. Well, I I, 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 I just I, I, I read something. I read something the other day about that. You know, a lot of people, especially people in their fifties and sixties, would buy cars or portions of their cars on line of credits because they, they virtually cost nothing. And how that mindset is like totally changed. Now a lot of people standing back, going, "Oh, geez, I'm not sure now." So, as you uh, say, that's uh, part of the challenge, is it not? It is the number one challenge of the automotive business for the aftermarket for used vehicles. People look at it, wow, it's 10% or 9%. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, they, they just get shocked at the idea of, you're right, Fred, of having to pay that here. But that is that is the world we live in now. So, mm-hmm. and of course, cars are not cheap. Like, no matter which way you go at it, it's a big ticket item. Uh, mm-hmm. But people, funny enough, in the EV side, people forget the other end that, well, you could save a lot of money. Like, Howard, right. how was long as you've been driving the, the Tesla, have you spent anything on anything? You probably don't notice a glitch on your electricity bill. You've done nothing. You've needed nothing, right? No, it's uh, it's I've, as I, I've tried to explain to people, if you have a Mac computer or an iPhone or an iPad, it's like the Mac of cars. Every, yeah. not, everything just works. And, you know, listen, I was a bit naive and I hadn't really experienced you know, in the wintertime, wasn't driving very much, so I didn't have a good sense of how, you know, I've never, I had never charged the car outside of my home. But now having had six months of doing it everywhere in the, in the province and planning my trips, and you know, you, you sat me down when we first started talking about this, you said, listen, it'll just become, it's, tw- you know, 18 or 20 minutes. It really is nothing. And I don't, I just, I talked to Fred a few minutes ago, Daryl, about the, the capacity of his SUV is 400 kilometers. My car has longer range than that. Let's get, by the way, let's get to that question because there's a couple of, um, there's a couple of listeners in anticipation of your appearance. I wanted to ask you a couple questions. This is from uh, Jim. Did, did you read this one? Uh, the one Freddie from you did, you read the Jim Turkakalis, Turkalis. So here's the question. He, we read it on our emails already, but the question was, I'm looking forward to your EV show tomorrow. I'm a huge car buff. I'm a little hesitant on taking the plunge into the EV market for fear of running out of juice when driving. I see more and more Teslas on the road. So I guess they figured some stuff out. Maybe a rental for a weekend is a way to test the waters. So what's the first thing you would say to somebody? His subject line was range anxiety. So number one is people quite often have no idea how far they actually drive in a day. You know, they have this range anxiety about realizing on a normal course I drive, 
50 or 100 kilometers a day. You can pretty much bike it, really. So so the EV range has gone so much further than it was. Ten years ago, yes, you had cars of the 100-kilometer range. They're not in the market anymore. Now you're talking 500-kilometer range. So, number one, people have got to realize how much they normally drive and how once, as you know, Howard, once you drive it, you realize it's a non-issue. Number two, you got to realize if you haven't driven an EV, you don't know where to charge them. Mm-hmm. It's shocking when people actually know what to look for. There's small little profiles all over the place. It's at the mall. It's at the library. It's at, they're all over the place. So once people realize that, they go, oh, I'm not worried anymore. Daryl, I stayed at a hotel, not even a fancy one. I was at a golf tournament, big surprise, in London. This is just two weeks ago, and I was doing a map search of where the Tesla charger was, and the Tesla charger, there's one about um, a kilometer from where I was staying, and then my buddy says, well, you don't need that. I said, why? He says, there's a Tesla charger at the hotel, not not a supercharger, but just a level two charger. To your point, all you do is a little research. There really are everywhere. Yeah. They are. And that people, again, they don't know once they have and you have to have that experience. That's what's so important about what we do. No obligation, no risk. Take the car for a weekend. Go to so many people take our cars, go to Montreal. They go and come back and, and they go to Ottawa. They don't go around the neighborhood. And then they realize, OK, this is it's I can do it. It's not a problem. But how often are you driving to Montreal or Ottawa? Like it just your day to day. It just doesn't happen. Right. Well, yeah, talk about offsetting costs. Um, my SUV, for me to go up north and back is 400 k And it, at, at the price of gas right now, that's probably pushing $90. Yeah, there you go. So what would it – seriously, that's what it costs. And I have regular gas. Yeah. So, if, Howard, for you to drive – up north where I am and back, that 400 well, I can give you the number. What would I know that cost? It. What would that cost? At my charge? house, $6. $6. At, if I did it at a supercharger, might be $16. Okay. So the thing is, do that math over a month, two months, a year, and all of a sudden it makes sense, doesn't it? Big time. And, and you know, the craziest thing about this, you look at no oil changes, no gas, mm-hmm. no energy. The average person is going to say four or 500 bucks a month. And it's so funny, everyone's struggling. How do you get people to drive EVs? The reality is, any car out there, people just need some help getting in the car when interest rates are 10%. So, you know, even our local government, they're like, we don't want to do any rebates. You don't have to do a rebate. Just give somebody help getting a finance on a car. You go four years, 500 bucks a month. Four years, 500 bucks a month. Give them a loan at that at, at a, mm-hmm. a decent rate to help them that it kind of get a car. You're not giving anybody anything. Now, people get into a car. They got help getting in the car. The biggest stumbling block is getting in at 9 or 10% interest rate. Now, w- yeah. getting back to our original thing about range anxiety, and I get it. Like, you know, I remember having conversations with Daryl. We went out for lunch, and you were sort of walking me through. You can't experience – you can't – In a conversation, you can't really explain to somebody what the experience is like. But once you experience it, it becomes so easy. So I had you you to guide me and my buddy Rudra, who's a friend of our show, former sponsor. And he's a big EV guy. He's got a Tesla. He just wrote a note now. Tesla just announced 50,000 charging stations in both Canada and the U.S. He says Petro-Canada has charging stations all along the Trans-Canada Highway. And... And so it's the point about that is they're going to be even more uh, prevalent going forward. There's not going to be less chargers. 
No, no. And the other important thing I want to mention, you know, for years, CAA, I want to give them a lot of credit. You know, they've gotten out to help you on the side of the road if you run out of gas, if you can run out of the gas. They have the same service now. They can go and give you a quick top-up to get you to the next station. They, they have that availability. People don't know that. So hmm. worse comes to worse, you're out all night, you forget to plug in, or your power goes out at your cottage, and you're, you're getting a little dicey, pull over. They'll come over and give you a shot to get you to the next station. It's not a big deal. Hmm. Not that it ever happens, but even if it well, did, right. how often do you run out of gas? I, I don't think I've ever done I've it. I've never run out of gas in yeah. all the years of driving. And to your point, Fred, about what I spent on my my gas or my combustion engine mm-hmm. vehicle in a summer when I really, I drive a lot. You know, I, mm-hmm. that was a big engine. I don't, I don't an accurate TL for people, uh, for context. It was $125, big, big engine, a week, all week from May until October. So whatever the cost amortized over the summer of an EV. Um, here's another question for you, Daryl, uh, from uh, Stephen Lewis. He says, I've got to move quick on this important decision. While getting my Sorrento serviced. Do you have a Sorrento? You have a Sorrento, right, Freddie? Yes, I have a Sorrento. That's a great vehicle. While getting my Sorrento serviced at the Niagara Kia dealership this morning, I test drove a brand new Kia Nero uh, limited EV incredibly. I have the opportunity. He says, oh, I'm sorry. New sentence. Incredibly, I have. So he's, he has a he test drove, uh, Daryl, a Kia Nero limited EV. Incredibly, I have the opportunity to get into this one right now if I choose. It's beautiful, albeit a bit small. I'm told that it's primarily a front-wheel drive. For the last 15 years, I've had an all-wheel drive vehicle, and as a result, I've never required snow tires. I'm wondering if you can get your EV sponsor guy, that would be you, to comment on what this vehicle will be like in snow, and will I require snow tires? And you can also tell this guy, Daryl, about your expertise as a tire guy, too. Yes. Okay. Great person to ask because in my alter ego, I own the OK Tire and Auto Stores here in Etobicoke and in that business for many years. So number one, when you're going down the road in winter, what keeps you on the road is the tire. That's what contacts the road. So you see a lot of these 4x4 think, oh, I can go anywhere. I don't need winter tires. It's, it's not the going is not the problem. Getting going, it's stopping is a problem. So what you like, you really absolutely need winter tires on an EV, uh, on any car, particularly, but EV even more because uh, it, you're planted on that road. The, the EV has a battery that goes front to back. So do you remember those old commercials at wintertime? You see cars spinning out up and down the hill everywhere. That's because the, the rear end had no weight in it and people would throw sand and everything in yeah, it yeah. all over that does not happen with an EV. You got your weight front to back. You are planted on the ground. So when you're planted on the ground, the important thing, though, is the tires can contact the surface. So it's a heavy car, but you, you want the, your best chance in winter is to. And I'm going to make a comment here about the friend. You see a lot of four by fours in winter in the ditch. If, if us non four by four drivers, you see them because they can go no problem, but they don't. They forget. I don't have winter tires, and and so a proper winter tire it, it evacuates the water and the slush from the road, and then when it hits the surface, you have technology like um, for Toyo has walnut shells that deal like spikes in the in the pavement, or uh, Bridgestone Blizzak has suction cups. So a proper winter tire clears the crap. Hits the pavement and you stick. So EVs are great in winter, but you need the proper tire. No two ways about it. 
Well, okay, I'm glad you told me that because why? Well, you know, my my daughter Charlie, as I told you, just bought herself a Tesla, <clears throat> and we were at the dealership, and uh, I wasn't sure about that. I, I said, I don't know, honey, about the winter tires, but I know who the guy to ask about winter tires for your car. Are Tesla winter tires uh, reasonably priced, expensive? What are they? So the one thing with EVs, EVs are heavy. And they need a high-strength sidewall. So not like your regular tire. And I can tell you, if you don't get that high-quality product, the other thing is they wear tires quicker because you have high torque, high power, high weight. So the better-quality tires are better made. They're made to last longer. They use better ingredients. So you you, uh, you end up buying a more expensive product, no doubt about it. But we talked about all the savings of four or 500 bucks a month mm-hmm. on, on oil and all that. That is the one item that you should invest in if you own an EV. The other thing is when Tesla's come out of the factory, they're out of California, right? They come out with an all-season tire. Anybody in the tire business of Can- in Canada will tell you all-season is a is a misnomer. We can't, like, if you're going to be anyway safe at all, you really should have winter tires. And the idea that a 4 by 4 eliminates the need as i said before it's not really the case Mm -hmm. so when you know you're getting winter the good news is in summer beautiful ride quiet you can get a product then that's nice and super quiet like a summer tire sticks and has a lot of fun the all season is always noisier than the summer and a good quality winter tire is nice and quiet as well like a high quality they're designed to be super quiet as well so the tires are a really big deal to do it the right way Yes, something um, we, to think about. Yeah, we have a question from uh, Dan Duran. Uh, Dan Duran, did you want to pop in here? Because I saw you had him. Dan, you go ahead and ask your question. Well, I was just wondering about the... Uh, the, the There's uh, Dan Duran, Daryl. Hey, there you go. The, 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 oh, Daryl, your, your screen's gone dark for some reason. I can't see your face now. Oh, sorry about that. I'll come back here. It's like, uh, like, it's like, like you're in the witness protection program now. <laughs> Well, the, the, from the oil companies, they don't like me. I got to keep my identity uh, secret. <laughs> well, it's the other part of the uh, the question uh, the the uh, listener that that asked that question is the front wheel drive part of it. I thought they were all uh, four wheel drives. I didn't realize that that uh, EVs had front wheel drive only. So it's very interesting with EV. A motor drives the axle. So a Tesla dual motor has a motor uh, on the front axle and the rear axle, but you don't need it. Sometimes you can get just one axle a single drive motor so you've got two-wheel drive but it's in the rear in a tesla actually it's not in the front they have it in the rear so it's unlike a traditional car where they they transfer the transmission of the front or there is no transmission you got a motor and an axle it turns the axle you got two motors turns both axles okay man you don't have a catalytic converter either which which cost me almost 900 bucks this week so well fred i gotta tell you something on our automotive side or okay tire and auto side we've never seen before the amount of money people are putting into their existing vehicles Mm because no one wants to buy a new vehicle now so i I see bills of the like yesterday nine thousand dollars somebody put into a pickup that because they said look i don't want to get into a new car payment i don't I want to get another 70,000 vehicle and people are mm-hmm. on a hope and a prayer thinking, man, I hope I get another year till interest rates drop. And and that's fine. I get it. It's, it's mm-hmm. expensive, but at least in the back of your head of a plan that, Hey, when my transmission fails or my engine fails, what am I going to do? You don't want to be stuck at the 11th hour. Oh, maybe. I- 
Oh, now Daryl's because uh, a lot of frozen. people okay. say their next car will be an EV, yeah. but because of these costs going on, they're afraid. You know, you're head in the sand. I don't even want to think about it now. I'll right. wait till next year. Um, no, you're right. Well, here you. There's some. If you ever need another, I, I, this is why I told you we need to have you on more often because not yeah. only are we talking EVs, you can talk tires, you can talk that. That you said something interesting about cars coming from California. Yeah, it's all season for them, and all of their seasons are rain or not rain. Uh, all right, rentelectric.ca is uh, what we're talking about and the uh, contest continues for another two and a half weeks actually two weeks now humble and fred at humbleandfredradio.com put rent electric in the subject line and by the way those questions that were sent to us i put in the rent electric um contest and what we'll do is we're going to give you one of these vehicles for a couple of days and then we'd love to come have you come back on the show and then we can all have a discussion about how you felt and what what your what your uh, your your time was like and it couldn't you listen it doesn't have to be a test Look, could be one of the other ones that Rent Electric has. If you want for more information, go to rentelectric.ca. And you, young man, again, crushing it on the show. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I love being here. I love talking to you. It's great. Yeah, we, doing what you're doing. Well, thank you. And we'll have you back again soon. Thank you, Daryl Croft from Rent Electric. And I will let you uh, know uh, I'm going to get Charlie to buy some uh, tires from you. Great. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Talk buddy. Talk later, guys. Take care. There's Daryl Cron. Hey, Daryl. Take it easy, buddy. No, no. Dan Duran, Dan Duran. He's Dan Duran. Dan Duran can drive your car. All right. Well, this has been a long show, yeah. fellas. Uh, you know, we're not doing a show tomorrow, so I guess we're just going to keep on going till you know till it is tomorrow. You could split it off and go part two for tomorrow. Do that. You know, take them all in right now and go. Okay, tomorrow's show is this. Wow, well, this is way past part two. Oh, <laughs> we way way past part. Going to Saturday for a special edition part Maybe. three. Okay. Um, Toronto Mike is here because he likes to. Let me check Toronto Mike's mic because oftentimes it's uh, overpowering. I brought it down quite a bit. How is it? I think it's pretty good, actually. I think it's pretty good. Well, I uh, took the uh, direction and I made adjustments. Okay. I'd like to say this time that if I offended you in any way, Mike... By my four percent, uh, <laughs> that's right. That I, oh, uh, yeah. I, I would. I not my intention. I just I want uh, good for everyone. That's my. That's right. I said that you only yes, want I good. Yeah, I, I only want the apology. Dandaran so, uh, stands for good. So, uh, so anyone listening, there was there's no real animosity between no. us. We, uh, you know, I just uh, I, I felt strongly at that moment, and maybe was a little bit oh. more effervescent than I should have been. Were you listening to the emails? Liz Briel wants to rip your dick off. <laughs> I mean, hey. I miss this. Hey, come on! You. you can't what? say about Dan Duran's dick. No, I sat the not. fuck down. I sat the fuck down. And, uh, Damn. I think, oh, Fred, just God. the contest is over. You said something about Dan Duran's <laughs> dick here. <laughs> oh, no. no. Liz, Liz Brio. That was a joke. That was hey, So this was read today on the email part today? Mm-hmm. See, Mike's okay, too. Yeah. See, he does that. His, his mic is overbearing. It's but very it's way down. I can bring it down yeah, more, but it's uh, way really, down. Maybe you should. Can you just get on the phone? That'll make it better. <laughs> <laughs> I had to drop the kids off at uh, YMCA, and I missed 
that like a little bit of the email part and it sounds like i missed the best part so i'm looking forward well, to no you that. no you no you didn't miss the best part you just missed the part that was about you yeah but i'm uh, yeah <laughs> so the best part uh liz brio said uh, her subject line was, what kind of anal picking hair is this as pertains to Dan? Uh, Mike Boone brought us gold. It was really restorative. Dan felt otherwise. Fucking 4% moderation. Duran needs to sit the fuck down. And that <laughs> needs to be acknowledged. Oh, yeah. That shit happened. Well, wow. much love to Liz Brio, who's uh, always got my back out there. So apparently Liz Brio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> uh, I was only four yeah. percent offended for the record, so just like a mild four percent offense, and then uh, I forgot about it actually until you reminded me. Well, we haven't. Right. For- I'll tell you what we haven't forgot about this important announcement. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dandoran, the anchorman comes to task for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dandoran, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now, live from Lee. Girlfriend's house, Lisa. I almost forgot her name, Lisa. Dan Duran's uh, girlfriend, Lisa. Lisa. And here's Dan Duran, anchorman. Hold on, hold on. Did I even do that? No. Oh, I did the nurse. Okay, good. I was, here's yeah, why, because I was. T- I want to type Fred a note too. Oh, you? Yeah. It's a special Fred. Fred note. Okay. Fred note. All right. You, you go ahead and do that, and I'll do this. Okay. So, but, you know, half attention on your part, though. Okay, so Rudy Giuliani just got grosser. Yes. So, mm. so let's review. Fuck. The hair, hair dye leaguer is getting indicted on the RICO law he pioneered. There's the Dominion voting system lawsuits, the Smartmatic lawsuit, the election workers case. He's getting sued for sexual harassment. He lost his law licenses. And uh, especially after the Borat scene where he was lured into a hotel room with his hands in his pants, you'd think mm-hmm. that the reveal from Cassidy Hutchinson would not have happened. In her new book, the former aide to Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, says Rudy Giuliani groped her backstage at the rally that preceded the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on January. Nice. Here's what the uh, the, the text of, of the book uh, in this section. Here's what she said. The corners of his mouth split into a Cheshire cat smile, waving a stack of documents. He moves toward me like a wolf closing in on its prey. We have the evidence. It's all here. We're going to pull it off. Rudy wraps one arm around my body, closing the space that was separating us. I feel a stack of documents press into the small of my back. I lower my eyes and watch his freehand reach for the hem of my blazer. By the way, he says, fingering the fabric, I'm loving this jacket on you, this leather jacket on you. His hand slips under my blazer, then my skirt. I feel his frozen fingers trail up my thighs, she writes. He tilts his chin up. The whites of his eyes look jaundiced. My eyes dart to John Eastman, who flashes a leering grin. I fight against the tension in my muscles and recoil from Rudy's grip. Filled with rage, I storm through the tent on yet another quest for Mark, her her boss. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, that sweet woman, she's a hero, you know. Her testimony and, you know, bringing some truth to the table and 
these fucking scumbags. And again, you know, I mean, what we talked about earlier in the show about, you know, your side, you know, Democrat, Republican. Like, at what point do you fucking say, you know, I don't want you on my team anymore? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about Rudy Giuliani during the uh, days after 9-11 and what a hero we all thought he was and what a, you know, really, that could have been him. That could have been who he was. Had you never heard anything else about Rudy Giuliani, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, other than the fact that I found out watching those, you know, dope sick and the painkiller documentary about how he actually was a lawyer defending the company that, you know, was making people addicted to Oxycontin. But, you know, other than that. But even that, Howard, I mean, that's part of that world. You know, people deserve defense and. And, you know, it's like the OJ lawyers and everything. It's, you know, on some level, that's their job. And to them, it's a game. But sexual assault, like, that's what he did to this young woman. Yeah. Like, and others, I'm sure. Yeah. And others. And I just, you know, these people that are just that have this blind love for the MAGA movement, you just want to sit and say, okay, so you're good with the rape thing. You're good with that. So that's okay. Like, and the porn star. Level? But, but, but the, and, we, yeah. and paying off the porn stars and oh, no, no. You know, I, th- I thought about the OJ trial and, and how the lawyers that defended OJ and, and, right. and did a great job. But histori- they're going to go down in history having gotten a guy that murdered two people off murder. Right. Yes. No, I know. So this but, is you know, what Rudy Giuliani is going to have to live with. Well, he but won't. You mentioned the porn star thing, but let's not forget. I mean, as seedy as that was and the way politics works, so, I mean, it was consensual. The rape thing is not consensual. No, I know, what but I, I, know, I know you lean on the rape thing. I'm just saying that in, in, yeah. to the evangelicals and how yeah. they're so prim, prim and proper, mm-hmm. it's just a long list of sexual deviants. Yes. And, yes, and by the way, true. she's not, this woman is not the first person that Donald Trump has raped. Yeah. Well, that, anyways, uh, boys, oh, okay. yeah, anyways, yeah. boys, let's uh, try and wrap this up. Okay. So Mike Boone, Dan, are you done? Do you have another story? No, I don't have another story. That's Mike good. Boone, a Toronto Mike, Toronto Mike, AKA Toronto Mike. What is the latest bit of audio you have for us? Am I supposed well, to play I'm it? Thinking, if you're out of time, we can do this. We're like, not out of time. Week. We're never out of time. Okay, because it sounds rushed. Okay, so no, I do Mike, want to it sounds out. it always sounds rushed because we've been yelling at each other for two and a half hours or two hours almost. Do you want okay. me to do you want me to play the um, clip? Well, first, I just want to let you know I did some research, and uh, Paul Stockton, the official beekeeper of Humble and Fred, yes. is absolutely correct. Uh, for several weeks in April and May of 2023, we did email shows on Friday. Yes, I know we we corrected that. We know, just for the record, no, we and we admit it, and but we're not going to do that because uh, we decided not to because we're going to uh, only I, we're only going to do four or five emails each on the Thursday, so it's only a, it's like a, a section of the show, not the whole show. Oh, I thought it was nuts that you were doing it then, to be honest. But I want to shout out Paul Stockton because I ran the uh, Terry Fox run at High Park last week. And Paul Stockton donated $1,000 to my uh, Terry Fox run. That is very nice wow. of you, Paul. Isn't that a big number? That's, like That's the, ridiculous. Hmm. I mean, there, maybe Paul could have divided up some of that money with a Patreon uh, donation, but that's fine. You know, running for cancer is cool. <laughs> what what did you make that face for? I did not see a penny of this $1000. I just want to point no, out it all went, went to, to Terry Fox, Fox but 
you know, something for the humble and friend. Yeah, too, the Terry Paul. Fox thing's great, but our Patreon, I think, <laughs> seriously, a little more important. Well, not anyway. it's it's got. I mean, if I just didn't know Paul Stockton, the beekeeper, had you know that kind of dough, maybe you can throw a little bit our way. <laughs> so much love to Paul Stockton. Okay, I actually sent you the audio, so you yes, play it. That's why I'm asking you. Yeah. Control you control when you bring it down. I got gotcha. you. Uh, so set it up. And we actually remember Fred and I, strangely enough, remember this. So anyone who listened to Humble and Fred on CFNY 102.1 remembers the really tough contest. And this is like a TV presentation. So it's a television show with you, Howard, and you, Fred, uh, sort of showing highlights from the really mm-hmm. tough contest. So if you play a bit, I'm eager to hear from you. Where did it air? How did a TV show come to be? And what do you remember about that? Well, one quick before we get I, here's how I came to be Captain Phil. I think Captain Phil was the one that arranged it. I just have this memory of him uh, being the one that set it up. Uh, well, let's have a listen. Sure. My nipples are so cold I can cut glass. Oh. The ass kissing is done. Hello, we're Humble and Fred from Edge 102, and welcome to the video highlights of our really tough contest. Some of the most strange, bizarre, and entertaining radio we've ever been part of. No kidding. Almost as strange and bizarre as seeing us on TV. There's no place for us on TV. Nah, look at us. Hmm? Anyway, over the last few months, we've been witness to the very limits of human ingenuity, willpower, and, um... Nudity? No, that's not the word I'm looking for. Pain. Uh, close, but it's... Puking. There was some of that, but what I was thinking of was our contestants' amazing, shameless pursuit of fame and money. We asked our listeners what they would do for $25,000, and time and time again, they came back with the same answer. Anything. Anything. So, we gave them a series of missions, and if they completed the mission, they would qualify for the money. Some were as simple as shaving your head and... Others were a little bit more complicated. We asked people to tattoo their bodies. We asked people to take off their clothes. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what else? Eat tons of food. Eat tons of food. Yep. Take a bath and some beans. We had people live like birds, live like fish. We had them paint pictures with their ass, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, mainly put themselves in perilous situations. All for the general amusement of our audience. So without further delay, we'd like you to enjoy some of these missions as well. Although, we must warn you, some of the images you're about to see could be considered tasteless and offensive but remember it was all done in the name of science tasteless and offensive wasn't that the original name of the show yes i believe it was although it was tough to sing tasteless and offensive (laughs) anyway to make things simpler we've categorized the tasks our listeners had to perform in humble and fred's really tough contest so to begin with we're proud to present the category outrageous achievement yeah it was uh it was really well done i'd love do do you have the video of that yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we should find a place maybe on our, our website so that people can, or even on Facebook, so they can access it. Because I do remember it. And I remember we put a lot of work into it, as you'll see. But it was, I think it was the, uh, I don't know, did, did it run on CHCH? Is that what you said? Yeah, I think we had an association with them at that time where they ran it. CHCH. So and Captain Phil was a huge part of it. I just remember us going down and filming all that stuff, and because he had taken video of all the contestants and a lot of the contest stuff. Mm. So did you film it in uh, Hamilton? I'm gonna guess that we did. 
that we went there and, and shot. No, those. I think they actually came into the studio and, did and it. shot that stuff there. Well, I have to see yeah. it. I haven't seen it in a long time. Dundas, I think so. I pledged to share the video on Facebook and Twitter. For okay, that'd be great. That'd be great, Mike. I appreciate that. Anyway, I was. Ta- I think me and Darren were talking about it last week with somebody else about that contest and. A lot of the actual challenges now we couldn't wouldn't get near a radio. <laughs> no. no, the guy jerking off in the bathroom and ten ten guys jerking off in the bathroom. Yeah, and the guy giving his dad a prostate exam like he just yeah. didn't even go there. Uh, or or a handcuff to a stranger for the weekend. That's right. Yeah. Um, the second time we did handcuff to a stranger it was one guy and two girls naked on a mm-hmm. billboard with a woman. Would not have. Would ne- right. we never get that on? Yeah. Oh, no, Another reason it could never happen today is you guys would never cough up $25,000 for a grand prize. That's, <laughs> That's real right. money. No, now it would be a uh, palma pasta lasagna. Yeah. That's all we got. Because, right. uh, yeah, we had a, the GM at the time, Hal Black, at our. Remember going in and proposing some of those things? Like, oh, yeah. Again, it, wouldn't even, it wouldn't even get. You wouldn't even propose them now. But the fact that we proposed to those things, and then he's going, let me talk to legal. That's right. Hey, pal, we want a guy <laughs> has to lick a pig's ass. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> I remember yeah. those meetings. What? <laughs> yeah, we're going to, it'll be really funny. All right, if you say so. Um, <laughs> that studio, that studio used to go, you guys used to have on, uh, on Young Street there. Mm-hmm. What is it now? You know, it's well, just part of something. Else. Yeah, we walked by on the way to the play that night, Dan. Yeah, we walked by it. Oh, and right, it's been yeah. filled in. It used so right next to our studio used to be the uh, like um, window display for one of the stores, and then it all got filled in. Yeah, um, Freddie. Before we finish, we've got a little more business to take care of. Our good friends at the Chamber Plan, I believe. Yes, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. And if you have a small business, go to chamberplan.ca and get a free quote. Yes, put in the parameters of your business, uh, you know, right down to how much you're willing to spend, then they'll work it all out for you. Oh, yeah, they will. And then your uh, employees can have a benefits package. You can buy in a different level. So listen, start slowly and then ramp up over time. If that's the way you want to do it. Uh, prescriptions and um, dental and therapies and all the things you would expect from a benefits package for your people. It's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Next week on this program, Toronto Mike, what are we going to do? Oh, oh. One more, one more week of not working Tuesdays. <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, it's all about Lumby because Jeff Lumby, not only is he the special guest on Wednesday, but he has uh, recommended we speak with a gentleman from Make Music Matter. And Darcy from Make Music Matter is going to pop on late in uh, Monday's show for a quick chat about what they're up to. Yeah, there's a pretty great organization that uh, does things with music therapeutically, from what I recall. Yes, Mickey. Yeah, so there'll be uh, more thorough show notes uh, before Monday, for sure. No, no, but I just recall from seeing it and passing it on to you, thinking, oh, you know, this is something we can maybe get behind and how music has the uh, power to uh, to make people feel better. You know, Dan, so, 
before you get into one of your road rage situations, like mm-hmm. music could bring you down. Sure, it could. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah. I can see. <laughs> anyway, by well, the way, I love that character. Before you get into <laughs> one of your road nope. rage, you know, one of your road rages. What was Howard listening to on the the car stereo when he chased that guy to Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> now, to be clear, I didn't chase him all the way to Hamilton. I just chased him. Further than a grown man should chase somebody in a car just to give just, them the finger. Just to the city limits. <laughs> that was no Steely Dan on that no, stereo. That's right. that was like, it was rage, rage against the machine. Anyway, this whole show, we've been going through this whole mm. show. Off the top, you said something about... Uh, oh, a special historic an announcement. Yeah, historical oh, Howard historical Glassman. announcement yeah. or something, and then we, we flirted with it again and forgot. So what's the deal? Well, I got a call yesterday from an old friend of mine. Uh, that I've done stand-up with since uh, I think the first time we worked together was probably I'm going to say 1985 or 6 mm-hmm. and uh, he's been on our show before he's a pretty good guy and he said hey do you want to do some time before my show and I said yes I do so a week from tonight I'll be on stage at the Danforth Music Hall oh that's a nice uh, nice venue it is a big nice venue 1500 seater when is that again? I'm sorry. One week from tonight. Oh, okay. Jeremy Hotz uh, on oh. tour, as always, filling that place, too. So it's going to be me, uh, a guy named Darren Rose, who we've had on the show, very funny kid. Uh, you know, Darren's a guy you've seen on lots of television shows, was a regular on Hanging with Mr. D. He does, I think he hosts, um, Matt, what's that Canadian game show he hosts? Well, the real Do you want to win a mattress? You no, imagine? no, it's a good one. What's that, Mike? Uh, family Feud Canada. Family Feud Canada. No, that's D himself. No, that's right? Mr. D. But Darren's a he's, he hosted a match game or some sh- version of it. Anyway, so I was excited about it because I've uh, been on stage only two more two times in my life on a bigger stage. There was a couple of shows I did with Howie Mandel a long time ago where I was on stage in front of two thousand people. But uh, when I say it's Howard Glassman history, because I've never done any of the big rooms in this city and the Danforth Music Hall. It's not. Here's the thing. I wish you, I actually when he asked me, I, I thought for a second it was going to be Massey Hall because that's where he normally does it. But it's going to be the Danforth Music Hall, which is going to be cool. So that's my little announcement. I got all excited. As soon as he told me, I was like, you know, starting to think because I've done some stand up recently. A couple weeks ago, I did, you know, a show. And so I'm, you know, I'm not very, I'm not in shape, but I'm not completely out of shape for it, but it'll be fun. Now, will he pay you for that? Yes, he will. And did you negotiate the same way you did with the dog? Like, hard, <laughs> hard. Huh? No, I wanted, yes, I said, actually, here's what I did say uh, at the end of the conversation, because he's like, he's calling me from LA and he's making glassy, glassy. And I go, okay, glassy aside, is glassy getting some money? <laughs> That's what I said. He goes, yeah, yeah, you'll get some dough. And I said, who, well, who do I talk to about that? He said, someone's going to give you a call in the next couple of days. So that's the 29th, is, is there a control there? 28th is a Thursday. Yeah, that's why I said a week from today. Oh, yeah, okay. Today's Thursday. Today's Thursday, Dan. Got it. Did you want to so debate that? or you? <laughs> no, I forgive him. I lose track of the days now. Yeah, anyway. So I, th- I thought you said Friday. But anyway, if it's Thursday, it's a week from... Is there mm-hmm. tickets still available? Can you get in? Um, I, we were, I was looking last night. I don't know. They're pretty expensive. Like, they're 90 bucks a ticket. Wow. Jeremy Hotz does really, really well. Yes, do does, the math. Does the uh, word comp 
uh, enter into this? I don't know, man. I'm, well, that's, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I the, love you, but I ain't paying 90 listen, bucks to Spencer, see your act. Spencer was talking to me last night, and he's like, can I go? And I said, well, I'm not, I'm not paying 90 bucks to see me. But uh, <laughs> when, um, when Jeremy's people call me, I'm going to ask if I can get a couple of comps. But uh, I just thought that was kind of a cool thing. And and uh, it will definitely be like of, of the places in Toronto. Listen, I've been on stage on Yuck, Yuck Yucks a bunch of times. I've done shows at the Metro Convention Center for a corporate events. And I've been in front of that many people. But uh, a place like the Danforth Music Hall, like I've seen shows there. It's kind of cool. And it'll be... Uh, Saucy theater, they call it. Yeah, it'll be kind of cool to walk out on a stage like that in front of 1,500 people and make some jokey jokes. Yeah, that's a week from now. So will you try and have any new material or will you just go back into the... What you have, like, how would you over the next week prepare for that other than shitting your pants? <laughs> um, it's funny you say that. I woke up at, excuse me, I woke up at three o'clock this morning before, and then went and had my pee. And for a while before I went back to sleep, I started thinking, well, what are you going to do? Ten minutes is, it seems like a lot, but it's not a lot. But I mean, it goes by pretty quickly. But to answer your question, no, I'm going to, there's some stuff that I've been doing that's somewhat new to me. Like I've been doing stuff over the last couple of years that I'm just going to hit. I'll just do the hits. I'll do like seven or eight bits that I know always get laughs. Mm-hmm. I don't understand there in front of people that have paid a hundred dollars a ticket and go, Hey man, you don't mind if I just try something. I just wanted to always try this thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it'll be fun. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. It's great. It's great. Uh, and before you play us out, I just want to congratulate Fred Patterson on uh, showing great restraint when that emailer talked about being a part of the live Earl Jive experience. So I thought you showed great restraint. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that, too. Yeah. Funny, interesting, interesting, funny, funny, interesting. Because um, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if one of us was going to go there. But it didn't seem appropriate. Oh, I was tempted. There's not enough evidence yet. Yeah. But... Okay, there probably anyway. is, but that's another discussion. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, yeah. As long as that young fella came through at all, right? <laughs> seems to be okay. But we don't know. Seems to be, seems to be okay. Seems to be okay. Uh, thanks to uh, Daryl Croft from EVNet. Thanks to everyone that emailed us. Uh, thanks, Facebook people. Uh, Toronto Mike for uh, producing. Dan Duran for being the uh, announcer that you are. Thank you. All Thank that you, you do. <clears throat> I've got a recommendation, by the way. Uh, if you're kind of wondering about what's going on in Canadian politics regarding the, the Indian, uh, the, the India alleged assassination yes. attempt, that, that whole thing, yes. if you don't really understand it, go to an American podcast. <laughs> the, the Daily has uh, covered the whole thing in, in kind of short strokes to give you an idea of what uh, actually happened and, and how uh, the, the background behind it, why it's why it's an issue and and all of that so it's a very interesting all right thank you dan and uh what will your what will your weekend be will you be fixing uh people's things or will you be fixing oh you're going through the list lisa's list of things i've broken to fix yeah and uh you're going up north is everybody going up north well it's not too many weekends left up north so yeah why wouldn't you have you broken lisa's spirit yet (laughs) 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 poor lisa poor lisa has no idea what she's getting herself into. Uh, all right, everyone. We will uh, see you on Monday. Don't forget, there is no Humble and Fred show Tuesday, so make plans to do something else on that day. Thank you. 
This this episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. For contests and comments, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking, subscribing, that helps us out. Helps you out too, actually. So this writing review, say something nice about it. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, take a poop, get your resting heart rate down, then sit back and enjoy every goddamn day. From the habitations of the towns we know, a place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where?